inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. It's Cofield and Company. New Jacobs bounces off to the left. Ball came out. Picked up. Scooped up. It's a pick six. The Raiders, they go for it. And the Chiefs strike on the first offensive play of the game. It could not have started any worse for the Las Vegas Raiders. Edwards Hilaire is the running back. Toss it to him. Trying to get wide to the left. Got a hole. Touchdown, Chiefs. Their third touchdown of the game. It's embarrassing. Henny hands it off to Gore. Big hole. Breaks to the 40. 35. This is a touchdown. This is a touchdown. Nobody touches him. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Damn, everyone around Raiders football, salty, salty, salty. Dave Koken not even around Raiders football, just, you know, just bets football. Salty. Willie Ramirez, Derek Carr, just ripping the hell out of him last week. He's still salty. Brent Salty. Dave took a shot at me. Passaccia Salty. Dave did go after you. I don't necessarily agree with Dave. I guess I should have argued with him, but I didn't care that much. Um, about different personalities uh, can affect a football team, and I don't think the Raiders were completely shot after the Gruden and the rug stuff. Um, so the fact that you brought that up earlier I think is something to discuss. It doesn't matter now. It's water under the bridge. They're not going to, you know, hey, let's have a new interim. Let's try Tom Cable down the stretch. No, let's yeah, try Gus Bradley. That's a big conversation. Where's Ron right Miles? Now is, Let's do, go. Do, do they do they do they clean house? I, I mean, at this point, I think the you cannot. You have to be careful where the the ground you're walking on. But I also think it's a it's it's a it's telling that they have still. I mean, every week we've said, well, they still have this many games left. They still have this many games left. You think about it, in a normal situation, they'd have three games left, but they have four because we're in a 17 game season, and. If you're going to make a big move and you're cleaning house, you certainly cannot bring in Mariota because then the writing is on the wall, which we've talked about. Battled Born Injury Lawyers presents the Big Five at Four, number five. <laughs> That's like all you hear. Boy, Sunday Night Football, that was a show. It actually turned out to be a pretty good game. At least entertaining early on. The Bears had some fighting them. Yeah, for a little bit. We were watching uh, We were watching it online a little bit while Golden Knights game were going on, and a couple of us were sort of getting excited as the Bears hung in for a little bit. I is it? Do you think, Steve, that like as you're watching it, if you're watching the game, you're watching the score, whatever it may be, is it more so if you're not a Bears or a Packers fan, but you want to, you're cheering for it and you're excited that the Packers are going to lose because of Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. It is for me. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just, it. I don't care if the Packers win or lose. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I don't care if they win or lose. You know, I mean, I, you know I, what I'll say. I cared last night. Although I guess from here I can root. It, you know, I'm, I'm. It's real weird for me on Rodgers. First of all, I tweeted out last night, and I said this in July when I bet it that the weekend that Rodgers supposedly was going to retire, the books freaked out. Circa, I think, was the only book in town that did not pull the season win prognostications, the bets, the win total. 
You remember, I told you back then. Yep. Um, there was a day where the because we went into the weekend on a Friday, it looked like Rodgers could retire, right? That was the rumor. Everyone pulled Packers props off the boards. Circus stuck with it through the week, but the number dropped to nine and a half for the wins. It actually got to eight and a half. And I remember seeing the Vikings for like a day and a half were actually the favorite to win the NFC North at plus 120. You could have gotten the Packers, I think, at plus 190. So anyway, long story short, that put me over the nine and a half that I got on the Packers, right? Because mm-hmm. I was like, he's, he's going to play. And if he plays, they're going to be an 11, 12, or 13 win team. I'm also, you, you're right, because Roger, this whole thing for me, Rodgers is driving me nuts. Like the celebration stuff yesterday yeah. on the part of the Bears where they're doing the, the belt thing and then you know Rodgers talks some trash back. I mean, I, I'd belt the hell out of him. I don't mean I'd hit him. But I, every celebration, I'd be belting in front of him. Right. Because he drives me nuts. But here's the thing. I actually favor Aaron Rodgers the rest of the way over the Packers fans because I so would love him. And my Super Bowl pick was Chiefs and Packers. I, I so would love Aaron Rodgers to win the Super Bowl and go, see ya. I'm going to pull a Brady. I'm going to lead someone else to the Super Bowl and win in my 40s. How about that? Because of the way you treated me. So that's the way I want this thing to play out. So Rodgers does drive me nuts on so many fronts. But in this small sample this year, I want them to win. I can see that. And I can see. So I guess I did know when I said I don't know. I can see Rodgers having the mindset that this is the move he wants to make because of what Brady did. It's, It's almost like it's inspiring him to do that. You know, with everything that Brady yeah. did for the Patriots, yes. like he's he's driven, and it's believable. Oh. Now that we see what Brady what, what uh, Brady's done, it's like as as long as you know, if if uh, Roger settles on the friggin' Jets, he ain't gonna win. Right? They might win three more games, but he ain't gonna win. But if he goes to a good organization, I think everyone out there is like, yep, based on old man Tom and his action, these guys, this new team has a chance to win. And I said this last week, I think it was last week, but I threw a scenario out. If it wasn't last week, it was in a couple of weeks previous. But I. As those off-season moves are made, if the Raiders clean house and Rodgers goes and Devontae stays, Derek Carr shuffles in and becomes the Packers quarterback with his old teammate, why not? Number four. Boy, a dead day in the division for the Raiders. They get smoked. And then everyone else, obviously, they were involved on the wrong side. Of, you know, <laughs> The Chiefs came there. So the Chiefs win. Broncos freaking roll. Man, to look up and see the Broncos at 6-7 and seven is kind of shocking, and it should be infuriating. Teddy Bridgewater-led Broncos. Vic Fangio-led Broncos have a better record than the Raiders, and obviously the Chargers are starting to get on a roll here. If they can stay out of COVID's way, they should be okay, and they've got their big matchup coming up. So uh, the division, at one point, you're like, hey, the Raiders got a chance here, and now it feels real freaking bleak. And all those people, all those odds predicting – Fourth place finish for the Raiders. Looks like it was correct. Fourth place finish. Unless they can, they got to get it together quickly here, and the other team's got to fall apart. Chargers and Broncos have to fall apart. You see me looking around, right? Uh, my girl Faith, who takes care of me every week, I, I think she's bringing me over some crow to eat, some some double baked crow wings, because uh, I was one of those people who said, nah. The Broncos aren't better than the Raiders, and the Raiders and Chargers have got to make a statement who's number two. And come on, Chiefs aren't. This is the their year's over. I was I was right there saying it, covering it. 
Josh Dubow had to kind of put put he, when they were five and two, and I was writing the off off week feature or whatever it was, and I said he he uh, I sent in the theme as to here's what I'm writing this week. He we we trade budget ideas, and it was the Raiders are in control of the AFC West right now, or so have seized control. And he goes, yeah, let's not go with that theme. I've covered this team for 15 years. I know better. Number three, Logo Gate. Logo gate. Logo gate. All right, so what do you think about it? Raiders, before the game, all meet on the logo. Uh, the video gets out, and then, of course, as they're getting smashed in the first half, it's just a deluge of social media mocking. I think it was unnecessary, and I don't think that this was a team that was in a position to pull such a thing. We just talked about the Rodgers, the Bears, the Packers, you know, the first meeting, I own you, right? And then the Bears doing the championship belt, and then Pat, and within. So there you have in-game taunting, right? Just like we have in-game wagering. The the Raiders did pre-game taunting, and and got their asses handed to them severely. Um, and you can say that some of it may have had to do with. That, but I think this all started with because one thing that did did not escape a lot of the you know the analysts and people that people reminded them of the bus the bus lap around Arrowhead right from last year. So between that and the pregame taunting on Arrowhead Stadium, it certainly fueled them. Andy Reid, you know, he said, ah. Oh, we just come out and do what we do. We, we we know what they're about, but you know we we come out. We don't pay. You know, basically said we don't pay attention. That's that's their type of thing. But uh, it that certainly fueled the fire. And you just don't do that when you are a team that is disheveled and absolutely in disarray. And that's what the Raiders are. They did not. Uh, our guest earlier, Valerio, said earlier. In his eyes, he has seen a team that is not playing together, no chemistry, sort of discombobulated, if you will. You go into the division, the five-time division champs, the two-time conference champs, and you dance on their logo for a pregame meeting, and afterwards you find out your team captain, eh, I got my guys back, and today we find out the head coach had nothing, had, didn't knew nothing about it. Reed knew nothing. It's funny, Mahomes commented. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, oh, the Pisaccia knew nothing about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah but yeah. you know what? Andy Reid didn't know anything about it. And actually, Vic Tafer mentioned today that a lot of the players on the Chiefs side didn't know about it. Mahomes was actually quoted saying, you don't want people coming into your stadium and disrespecting what you built. But it doesn't even sound like they were really aware of the state of the uh, logo stomping okay, before the me, game. Let me just say this. I believe or that. Or do you think they're playing it cool? No. I believe that they said what they said, meaning this. We had no clue about it. We were off in our – we went to the locker room, so they didn't see it. But you are not going to tell me that there wasn't one person on the sideline. There wasn't one part of the chain gang. There wasn't one part of whatever it may have been, right, the guys who hold the, the down markers, the, anybody, support staff, field staff, uh, sports information, who, whomever. You're not going to tell me there wasn't one member of the Chiefs staff that did not let them know what took place. I believe them when they say we didn't know, meaning they didn't see it. They were unaware of it. They were unaware of it until someone let them know. But when it happened, they were unaware of it. Yes. 
And then we're seeing a little bit of fraying in the uh, Raiders' ranks about the logo stop. We'll get you what Derek Carr said in a second. I thought what K.J. Wright said was kind of interesting. He said, I would have been upset, too, if I was them. Yep. Anybody that comes there and, and does that, and they definitely came out and responded to their anger, and we couldn't hold up. It was spur of the moment. Uh, one guy said, let's go. We all got to ride together. We all went out there together. We did it as a team and just gave them a little more motivation than we needed to give them. Point blank. That's a veteran. He knows better. I want to know. Who, here's the thing. I heard. Did you hear uh, Stephen A. go off on this? No. He couldn't pronounce his name. He goes, what's his name? What's his name? This was all during the topic of the logo dancing, and I don't know if he was calling it out because it came out that it was his idea, but he was like, what's his name? What's his in in what? In, in what? He was talking about Yannick Ngakwe. Was it his idea to do it? Because why he called him out on the car, but I haven't been able to. I, I well, saw he's the, the one who did a lot of the stomping. Right, but whose idea was it to go out and start? To, who initiated? Who said, let's go? That's what I want to know. Derek Carr? Um, one thing I will say is um, I always have my teammates back. And, uh, you know, I will forever have their back. And if that's what we're doing, that's what we're doing. And um, that's what I'll say. Okay. So he wasn't in approval of it. He didn't answer Am I putting words question. in his mouth? No. I mean, he's kind of dancing around it there. Can, yeah. I, can, I, can I give a, a, like, a real reaction to all this? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They weren't ready to play the game. Once they started falling apart on the field, it broke them. It wasn't the G-damn logo stomp. Is all this taking away from the real the real, the real, real story that the Raiders' season is over? I don't know about the real story that, that, that the season is over, but they, they mailed it in mentally. They fell apart early in the game. It wasn't what was there. Did, did they strip Josh Jacobs extra hard on the scoop and score? Logo! Rip the ball out at the end of the game when Zay Jones inexplicably just drops the ball. You know? The ball bounces off of freaking Foster Moreau. We're angry! We're going to get the ball because of the logo. Like, who cares? I just think, here's the thing. Whether it fired them up or not, whatever the story is, the bottom line is, again, you are not in a position, you are not playing like a team that goes into the opposition stadium. I don't care if they went into Jacksonville. You're not playing like a team that you go and do that. You, you intimidate during the game, not freaking by stomping on the logo. And if you, you think you're going to throw off the Chiefs, you know, emotionally, the Raiders are the team that has been up and down emotionally. So they weren't going to freaking throw off the Chiefs. And then once things started going downhill, they went downhill super quick. Number one. Boy, all those Derek Carr stands, where are you? He needs your help, bruh. Sis. He is getting slaughtered. 33 of 45 yesterday, 263. A touchdown and interception. The numbers don't look bad, but then you see, you know, air yards. It's like a career low. Second second lowest of career, 2.2 yards. You're seeing the win-loss record brought up. Do you want to stand up and defend Derek Carr? Because not many seem let to be. Let me ask you this. So let me it's not easy you. to do it right now. No, it's not. There's been one constant over all these years and all these collapses, all these well, all these good starts the last three years have been followed up by, what was it, 6-4, and 7-5, and 5-2 five, five and two has been followed up by, I think, 15 of 19 losses. Yeah, well, last year the defense didn't do him any favors. And this year, the one you'd say one constant, the one constant that's been a failure 
for the most part. If you were to grade every single unit through this, through this week, isn't the offensive line been the biggest problem of this team since day one? Not all of them. Not not every unit. There's been weeks where we're praising Derek Carr. There's been weeks, weeks where we're praising the rushing game. That's been a limited praise. But there's been times, right, the Kenyon Drake week, Josh Jacobs had a big week one week, coming out of the backfield to catch the ball, the receiving game. The offensive line has been an issue also. I said it before, I'm going to say it again. 48-9 loss, yes. Derek Carr had a fumble loss, yes. He threw a pick, yes. Yesterday was not Derek Carr's fault. That was the entire team's fault. The defense, maybe for the first time we saw all season, from wire to wire, looked like crap. That's been an improved unit. You said it two segments ago. I've been high on Gus Bradley. Yesterday was not Derek Carr's fault. You cannot turn on him because of yesterday. If you're fed up and tired and you want a first of all, tell me who you're going to go get and who wants to come here. Who who's who who's it going to be available or are you going to go get a free agent that's middle middle of the career toward the end but still has life left and you hope for 2 3 because if you do that, you got to hope this franchise is ready for that veteran to come in and immediately challenge for the Super Bowl. And I don't see the components to do that. Or are you drafting young? Hello, Mac Jones. Hello, Justin Fields. Is there that guy out there? So a lot of questions to be answered before you start throwing away Derek Carr when there's a lot of other problems on this team. Number one. Coming up, we'll respond to all those people who are saying this needs to be a complete rebuild and they got a clean house. It's the Big Five at Four. Brought to you by Battleborn Injury Lawyers. 570-9000. Barber in the back. They quickly hit Zay Jones. He crosses. Ball comes out. Fumble. The Chiefs have got it. you got to be kidding me. The Chiefs recover. Off the top of my head, that's the fourth turnover. You're listening to Cofield and Company, live at Twin Peaks. It was uh, real difficult to keep track of all the turnovers. Brent, Lincoln, frustrating. Compass Radio on the call there. Five in total, four lost fumbles. That's ridiculous. Uh, You know, goofy interception with Moreau catching it and then having it stripped away by the Honey Badger. Nightmare of a day. Now, what we don't like to do on this show, we'll scream, we'll yell, is to get too emotional about any particular game. Mm. So, I don't know that I agree. In fact, I don't agree with uh, our morning host, Ed, and his paper saying that it's time to clean house. I guess I need to know what that means. What does clean house mean? We talking new GM? And if we are, Willie... I need to know who made the decisions on these draft picks over the years, who had the biggest hammer on the first-round picks, who nailed the value picks in the middle of these drafts, who has been doing a pretty decent job, especially this year, of picking up value, guys who were left on the scrap heap, older guys. I need to know a little bit more about who was running the front office. You mean aside from John Gruden? 
Was it 50-50? Was it 60-40? Was it, you know, in favor of Gruden? Was it 90-10? Was it Mayock 80-20? So I think we need to know that. Um, and then clean house as far as the coaching staff. I know you've made the pitch. You know, you'd love to have Gus Bradley around as a D.C. Who knows if he matches the next coach, if that coach is a defensive person or offensive-minded. And uh, you've also made the pitch that Basaccia should be extended an offer. Again, it depends on who the next coach is. But, you know, that he he shouldn't get screwed out of a gig with the Raiders because he's not a head coach. So what does clean house mean? Well, I think and I don't think. And we should throw in, does that mean the quarterback too? Didn't he write that? I believe he did, didn't he? I, I, I think it means clean house top to bottom, and I, I, I believe he mentioned Derek Carr's name, but I don't think that he means right now because I don't think that you can th- – this team's already been through it um, with – I mean, you name what it's been through from Gruden to Ruggs to Arnett. Now this. Um, but I think when, when you say it's time to clean house, I think – we go back to the alleged source through some media outlet, quote-unquote, I say air quotes media outlet, that said that Mark Davis is focused on the playoffs right now, not on a coaching search. Um, I think at this point you've made the decision that this is what needs to be done. Unfortunately, this is your coaching staff. Rich Basaccia, Gus Bradley, Greg Olson, Tom Cable, right? Miles, this is your coaching staff. And interim or not, this is the staff that's been assembled to carry out the season. And unfortunately, some of these guys are going to be let go. And you have to wonder if Gruden was still here and none of this would have taken place, even if they had, let's say, 50-50 from the point where Gruden was gone. What was that? Three and two? Okay. So they're now six and seven. That means three and five, so eight games they go. So four and four, five and four. Uh, are you talking about cleaning house? Are you talking about getting rid of certain elements? I don't think that you're talking about getting rid of Gus Bradley. I don't know if you're getting talking about getting rid of Rich Basaccia when you just signed – your kicker and your puncher to four-year deals. They're doing something right. They're just in an unfortunate situation that they're in. But you have to, you know, you have to chop off the head, and and I do believe that it starts with Mayock because he was Gruden. I mean, Gruden came in, and then Reggie was gone, and then they brought in Mayock, and Gruden was running the show. So he's he's made the argument for Derek Carr. Last week, Derek Carr specifically told me, I love Ole. He's doing a great job. So if Ole goes and the offense goes, I mean, it's just, it, it. I think at some point you have to ask yourself, is it time to clean house? Meaning top to bottom, every single person, including the quarterback. Do I agree with that? Eh, not really. I think the GM's got to go. I think that you have to bring in a new head coach. I think there are a couple of people that were on the staff that, again, were thrust into the positions that they are in now and the pressure cooker that they're in, that you have to you have to offer them to stay, but
But at the same token, if it's a new head coach, that head coach is going to want to bring in his own people. So there could be demands on the table. He, that new head coach could say, I want a new quarterback. Right? So it all depends on who you're going after also, which we don't know because apparently Mark Davis is still focused on the playoffs two weeks ago. So, I mean, that's what's left up in the air. Do you clean house? Does that mean wipe out everybody? Does it, do, do you have to look at the reason that this staff is in the position that it's in? There's a lot of things to consider. I'm not envious of Mark Davis' position. It would be a lot easier if it was John Gruden and this team was playing the way that it's playing because then you can say, everybody's going. But you have to consider everything that this team has gone through and, and factor everything together. So, again, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot. You know what? You know who might have an easier time? The upper brass in Jacksonville than the upper brass in Las Vegas. Ice cold 29 degree beer for under $4 and cheap appetizers all game long. Get down here to Twin Peaks. It's Cofield and Company on ESPN Las Vegas. Grandma got run over by a reindeer. Walking home from our house Christmas Eve. All right, let's get some plays on this Rams Cardinals game tonight. We're at Twin Peaks. Big beers under four bucks. Shareable apps, two, four, and six dollars. Full menu, great salads. I know Willie's always into the uh, steak, the chicken fried steak. It's on Eastern. The ladies are here as well. I don't know. You get you get something with a bunch of gravy on it. You were going to town on it a couple weeks ago. I was very impressed. About three bites for a, a giant uh, chicken fried steak. Von Tobel's in. What's up, John? What's going on, guys? I feel like that uh, that kind of a meal, like soaked in gravy, has a different effect on Willie's body than it would on yours, Steve. Oh, well, because he actually works out. He does cardio. I do nothing. I. Uh, <laughs> It's, it's, uh, the, the, I'll tell you this. The holiday season's rough. It's not been for you. First of all, I'll ask you. You're taking a shot at me. Uh, what was the wait? For what? The kid? Yes. I was yeah, trying to fool you there. I, thought you, I wanted you to give out your weight. Yeah. Uh, eight pounds, seven ounces. Uh, Here we go. So Here we kid, go. I think, I think a lot of it had to do with the head, though. Uh, you know what? You freaking read my mind. Uh, have we measured the dome, and how does it compare to the first one? You know, they did, but I actually have not looked at the, uh, the the chart that they gave us yet. So I will have to go and look. I think, I mean, just the eye test tells me it's slightly bigger than what uh, the first kid, Diego, than he was when he came out. It's I can tell you from physical effort and watching what my wife went through, it was bigger as well. Is that right? Okay. It's not too much information there. Um, boy, the Von Tobels, as I've pitched many times before, the Von Tobels manning a couple of defensive tackle positions in high school. Is gonna be amazing. <laughs> That'd be great. That'd be pretty cool. If they like be. play together. They did something <laughs> together. I will say, uh, you haven't seen Diego for a while. He has stretched out and slimmed out. He's a solid three two right now. He's weighing in okay. at about uh, thirty three pounds. So really? he's uh, he's leaned out a little bit. So the, the wow. belly's still there, but he's leaning I was gonna out. say, cut it out. Uh, you know, yeah. make, make sure he's ready to go. As I predicted, at I think I said five eleven, but you're 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 kind of tall. Um, but you carry the weight pretty easily. So I'm I'm looking at. Uh, in high school, six one two ninety for both of the kids. So something to look forward to. And, and you can play this. You can sell. You know, you can tell them. Uncle Steve was looking forward to them being big fellas. And if they turned out to be big fellas, that'd be great. Well, I want them to be. Do you remember? I don't know if you guys saw the the Sports Center clip. Have you seen the kid that went viral, the basketball player? He's like seven feet tall and like three hundred and ten pounds. Well, but he's got he's like listed, the. He, uh, he's listed at three sixty. A lot of people were theorizing that that they may have cut a couple of pounds off. But uh, yes, I did see the video. Describe it to the audience. 
Yeah, yeah, like I say, like just like that, a seven foot, three hundred and fifty pound kid, but just the softest jumper you'll ever see in your life. Like it's it's beautiful the way that thing goes down, and a brilliant passer in the post, by the way. Like he's he's actually got some really nimble hands, always trailing, always the trailer, which is uh, well, no by design. Well, you got to tell the story. <laughs> he's he, he trails a play, he comes up the court, John. He friggin' trips like horribly, falls down. He's rolling on the ground. He gets up. He's limping. He gets a ball at the top of the, at the top of the three point line, and it's just like back to our cut, right to the guy. Jam! What a play! Yep. What a play! So if I get a pair of those, I'm totally down. <laughs> and here's what we call a transition. That kid is certainly in better shape than Zion Williamson, who reportedly is likely to be shut down from basketball activities. Is this the new Greg uh, Odin? It seems like it, right? Like if if health and his own issue, it's his own issues getting in the way too, right? Like if he he has to cut down on the weight, there are yep. ways, even with a foot injury, uh, to right to at least do some cardio and keep weight off, whether it's through diet or different ways uh, to actually and you know get into cardio exercises without actually getting on your feet, you know, row machines, whatever have you. There are ways to not get out of shape, at least that bad when you've suffered a foot injury of that magnitude. And, and this is going to be a problem for a kid who is that athletic, that powerful. And we know in basketball, right, for big guys in general, foot injuries are troublesome. It does seem at this point right now that that is going to be the case. But, of course, there's always time for him to get healthy, get right, and and fix things. But it, there is – I've seen a lot of pushback. Like, ah, you know, we can't be talking about his weight. Like, no, this, this is a big part of what he does. He's an athlete. He's an NBA athlete. The weight is a really big thing in terms of what has held him back at this point because it is – I think that a part of some of these these injuries that he has suffered at this point, the blown out shoe, the foot that we're talking about now, yep. it can't help weighing as much as he has, especially when you see him change from his rookie year, the media day, those pictures to where we have seen him currently. Like that's that's got to be something that you fix here because he's a generational talent when he's on the court. He has been incredible for the New Orleans Pelicans. It's actually disheartening to watch because I love watching him play. Yeah, I did. you nailed it. And I'll. Remember when he came here for the NBA Summer League and they shut him down mm-hmm. with a little bit of worrisome at, in terms of his conditioning and physical shape in that he just needed to get into better NBA shape, as they said. And as we're seeing this progress, it's something that's self-inflicted and you, you it's kind of baffling that you that he doesn't address this because, you know, Given that you're in the NBA, given the money that you're making, you can hire the best nutritionist. You can hire like mm-hmm. it's not as if this kid's got to go hungry. Trust me. If anybody knows about nutrition, and I mean, I enjoy the meals, and I my son gets on me, you know, being he's a professional trainer. This dude's got the world's greatest at his fingertips. He's got to learn. You can eat and stay trim. Right, he's and get eat. trim. You can you can you can do as you mentioned. You can stay off your feet and do the arm bike or rows. Yep. And there's plenty of cardio that you can do. It's just very troublesome. He's got to go the uh, Nathan McKinnon route, right? McKinnon hired a chef and apparently is a complete psycho. When you're that naturally big, yeah, you got to change things up. You, you, you can't leave it to chance. Uh, otherwise, he is going to be hurt the rest of his career. Von Tobel's with us, host of The Edge, 1 to 2 o'clock on VSIN, Monday to Friday, Hardwood Handicappers podcast as well. All right, uh, this was a massive square weekend which means for many of us who are not squares i was a square this weekend so i actually did win um for you guys who like playing dogs jvt sorry bro 
Uh, yeah, so it was it was a terrible weekend. If you look at what the favorites did here, uh, coming into tonight, eleven and two <laughs> against the right. spread for favorites. Uh, so this has been a uh, banner week for those who like to eat chalk. But here's the thing, and this is why I made sure to mention this, right? Because we always get the reports of, oh man, it's, it was a killer weekend for the betters. Uh, like the, the books, they just suffered today. They got destroyed. Uh, keep in mind, guys, that we're coming off of a month that was on record one of the best months for the books in yeah, terms yeah. of November. Uh, John Murray us. was even They've quoted in the us. article. Yeah, exactly. Murray's quoted in the article being as something along the lines of potentially the best handle and best, uh, <laughs> best uh, return in, I think, in on record, potentially, the month of November. So I would always keep that in mind. While it was a really bad day for the books, and you're going to hear about it because, the you know, well, odds makers like to talk about it, I will never weep. You know, spots like the Westgate Superbook and Golden Nugget and William Hill are always still going to be open the next day, but uh, you always hear about it. And I will say this. It is interesting just because if you remember near the end of September, there were about three weeks, or was it October? Excuse me, October. There was about three weeks where the public did very, very well. There was like a three-week stretch where, you know, week after week, the public was, you know, taking in the money, was winning on the winning side. There were some of my favorite tweets, tweeting at guys like Jeff Sherman, make better numbers, <laughs> like things like that. So <laughs> it, it comes in ebbs and flows. But I think it's noteworthy that, yet again, we had a pretty good day for the books, and I had a very sad day. So I guess I... I'm on the right side. Does that make me feel better about losing the way that I did this weekend? No. Uh, well, you better start winning because uh, if you're going to feed two seven foot, 360 pounders, you're going to need a big budget down the road. So start winning. All right. So go square tonight. All right. Easy analysis. Right. This is it. COVID outbreak with the Rams. I'm betting against the Rams. And also, I saw the information on Carl Cheffers, uh, one of the most over officiating crews in the league. They've killed people this year with penalties. The game's gone over, baby. So I would, I would, um, I would say press the brakes a little bit here, right? Okay. So we have a lot of examples in this year alone of teams that have just been on the bad end of bad news, right? Whether it is injuries, whether there's COVID outbreaks, anything, and the market adjusts, and all of these things that you know about that team is baked into these lines. A few of the examples: remember the Thursday night game, the Cleveland Browns and the Denver Broncos. Browns opened up six, got all the way down to one and a half in some spots. Ended up winning that game by three, despite the fact that they were on their backup quarterback and all these injuries. All of those things are baked into the number, but the market still gets a little crazy and still bets against them. And then sure enough, you get a watered down number and they take care of business. What about the Green Bay Packers on Thursday night against the Arizona Cardinals, right? We have all of this information. All of a sudden, the Green Bay Packers go from a three-point underdog to a seven-point underdog. They win the game outright. So there's lots of instances in which these numbers, right, all of this bad news that we're talking about, it's baked into this, and you don't want to overreact too much and just start playing and hammering away and fading away on some of these teams because these are factored into numbers like this. And while three might not seem like that much, given all the news, three is a very key number. These numbers are extremely tight, and we're in the middle of a season in which road underdogs specifically have been doing extremely well, and there's nothing in terms of home field advantage. If you want to do by average, it's worth about a half point. If you want to do by median, it's worth nothing. So just keep that in mind when you're looking at this in terms of, hey, man, all these COVID issues, I'm in, I'm going to bet against the Rams. It's all factored into the number, and you're betting into something that is already there. It, the, if you know it, they know it, is what I always say. And you always got to keep that in mind in situations like this. All right, so let's talk some other key numbers. I want to file this away for a moment. 37, 28, 31, and 36 averages out to 33. 14, 24, 24, 17, 11, 19, 22, and 7 averages out to 17.25. Relevancy? The Rams allowed an average of 33 points in losses to the Cardinals, Titans, 49ers, and Packers. Four teams winning records of 36 and 15 combined. They averaged 17.25, or they allowed an average of 17.25 points in victories over the Bears, Colts, Bucks, Seahawks, Giants, Lions, Texans, Jaguars. 
two of which have winning records. Their eight wins have come against teams with a combined 35-68-1. So the wins over the Colts and the Bucks were in September. I'm stuck on the fact that the Rams haven't beaten anybody lately. Yeah, and I think that's completely fair criticism, right? It's it's one of my criticisms of the Buffalo Bills, for example, right? I always get – my co-host, Matt Humans. I said a good thing about Josh Allen the other day, and he was shocked. And it was like, well, it's not that I hate them. It's just that you have to look at this the way that it is, and you're absolutely right. If you look at the Rams' resume, it has not been that impressive. And, Willie, to add to that point, but they have been power rated like one of the best teams in the NFL, which is why they're a team that right now is 8-4 and four straight up, and yet they have a losing record against the spread at 5-7. and seven. Right, they have been completely overvalued. But I think this is the important thing when you talk about these teams and the adjustments from the beginning of the year to where we're at now, which is you know the market starts to make some of these adjustments. And when you're talking about that game against Arizona, they were three and a half point favorite. Right, they were at home. But we just talked about home field advantage being worth nothing. Well, now you get this flip where they're in Arizona. It's a three point spread. They're catching. So there has been an adjustment by the market here. And I always always keep that in mind is when you're looking at this, you always want to make sure that you're keeping in mind what the betting market is doing and how they've adjusted the market power ratings on some of these teams. One of the best examples of that is the San Francisco 49ers, right? 49ers, their power rating's been all over the place. Three weeks ago, they were four-point underdogs to this Rams team at home on a Monday night, and they won that game outright, right? And then all of a sudden, this past weekend, they're laying points on the road against a pretty solid team, similarly power rated, and the Cincinnati Bengals. But I think there has been a slight adjustment made here on the Rams. I think if you're going to start to bet on Los Angeles, the time would be right about now or going forward because I think everything that you're talking about has been factored in. We're starting to see the market kind of come off of this thought that this is an elite team in the NFL. Listen to John every day, 1 o'clock, The Edge, because I can tell you, I, I think you guys talked about it because I saw you tweet it. You guys were all over Indy and New England on the look-ahead line, and you're like, the wrong team is favored. And look at how much that one has switched, right, from uh, New yeah. England as a slight favorite. I'm correct. They wrote one, and now it's 2.5 on the other side. That's the high on the Colts. John, we're going to do this every Monday. Looking forward to it. Appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, guys. There he is, John Bontobel. Quick timeout. Willie will give us his pick. I already told you. I bet over, and I bet the Cardinals. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. All right, Willie, what are you doing with the game tonight? I like the Cardinals. I, I Just everything Square. I saw. Don't cut me off again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, not, you're not going overreaction square play like me? No, I just spelled it out when we had JVT on. I don't like the, the, the competition. I see the the complexion of Arizona's schedule, and I see what it's done. And I just don't trust the Rams' defense against this offense. And Arizona, go, we saw, what did we see the Chiefs do yesterday? They destroyed a team that it came into its home and destroyed it. Arizona went into L.A. and destroyed the Rams. Now the Rams are going there. With the defense, it couldn't shut down four very good teams in its losses. It didn't just play close. It, it Its defense collapsed. It's supposed to be a big defense. So I think Arizona is going to win this game. You know, this is also the moment in time when Matt Stafford, and I know it's oversimplifying it by just bringing up the quarterback, but the knock against him is that he doesn't win against good teams. Right? That's been his history. Well, he's now on a good team. And this is why they moved on from golf, because they didn't think golf was that good. Arm talent-wise, Stafford is awesome. Yeah, It's time to win now. Do you so know- so that, that is a little bit of my hesitation on siding with the Rams. And the other thing is, listen, they build this team with a razor-thin margin for error, the Rams do, with that salary cap. And what happens, you've seen it in the last couple of seasons as the year goes along, right, if they suffer some injuries – who are the backups, right? 
Because that's where you lose out when you've got all the high-dollar guys, when you've got seven or eight guys you're paying a ton to. So we're going to see if they have the depth to not only survive injuries, but now they've got you know four significant players dealing with COVID not available tonight. Do you know who was high on – or let me rephrase that. you know who has very similar numbers to Matthew Stafford coming into the season, somebody who was high on this quarterback – Derek Carr and Matthew Stafford, if you look at the makeup of their career numbers, Keyshawn Johnson kept pointing this out at the beginning. Do you remember when he was all on this elite thing? And what's been the one knock on Derek Carr why he couldn't win the games? Because his defense collapsed. Well, this Rams defense is going to collapse today. Stafford may still have a productive game, but the defense is going to do it in. Kyler Murray is going to lead this team to a victory and a cover. Good crowd building here. Twin Peaks on a Monday night. This is a great spot for Monday night football. It's Twin Peaks on Eastern. The big beer is under 4 bucks. Lots of happy hour specials, shareable appetizers. They're good. Two, four, and six dollars. Come on down. Willie's going to be giving out prizes. He's got UNLV basketball tickets. He's got tickets, movie tickets to the Kurt Warner movie, American Underdog. I got Las Vegas Bowl tickets. Las Vegas Bowl tickets, some t shirts, and you can come down. And if you want, you know, you know what we do on this show. You come down and root against all the Rams Lovely fans. Lovely ladies at the You come down and root against all the Rams fans, or like Willie said, you could just hang out with the ladies here at Twin Peaks, which I think is the big draw rather than being a, a puke like myself.